0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast, This Thing Called Grief, Navigating Life After Loss. I'm your host, Lori Peters. For each episode, I bring my personal and professional experience as a veteran griever and licensed counselor to have meaningful and authentic talks about grief, loss, and life in the wake. I'll be exploring many facets of grief and not sugarcoating anything that I discover, My goal here is to create a safe space to acknowledge, share, and be inspired. I look forward to starting this journey with you. Hi, you're listening to this thing called grief, navigating life after loss. And I'm Lori Peters. I manage a private therapy practice in Pennsylvania, where I help people with their grief and loss situations. Today's topic is loss of a child. According to a United Nations report that came out in January of this year, a child or young person dies every 4.4 seconds, every 4.4 seconds. And that's around the world, either due to violence, illness, malnutrition, neglect, homicide, or suicide among other reasons. That equates to millions of children each year, which is a staggering number, staggering. Every loss is tragic, but the loss of a child is especially tragic, and it can bring on a unique kind of grief, which is not unlike disenfranchised grief, which I've talked about in previous episodes. Why is the loss of a child so hard for us to grasp and to navigate? Well, there are several reasons. One, I believe, is death in general is not a popular topic of conversation. Generally speaking, in many cultures, especially Western ones, we just don't deal with death well and the grief that follows. The second reason child loss is difficult to navigate is the loss goes against the perceived natural order of the world. It's believed and expected that children should not die before their parents. And when this is not the case, there can arise feelings of anger, anxiety, distrust, and blame against the world, as well as loss of a core belief system or even faith. There may also be survivor's guilt and questions like, why me? Or why not me? And just the general question of why itself. Another reason child loss is so hard to reconcile is it rocks your identity, the core of who you are. Who are you now that your child is gone? Are you still a parent? When people ask you if you have kids or how many kids do you have, how do you answer that? Are you a parent of one or two kids, three or four kids? If you've had pregnancy losses, you especially may be able to relate to this. I know I can. It can be a minefield to get through conversations. I often stumble around this when people ask me, well, how many children do you have? I normally tell them I have six, but I really have eight. I've, I've had eight children, I've lost two. And it can depend on who you're talking to and what the situation is. Again, it just creates what could be an awkward and difficult situation. When there's a child loss, one big dynamic that can't be ignored is a situation of grieving your child while parenting other children? How do you tend to their needs while being mindful of your own? How do you grieve alone and then in conjunction with your other kids? How do you handle their grief? These are all questions that don't have clear cut answers. And adding to this complication is the need to understand how children grieve, which is different from adults. And I'll be doing an episode on this very topic next week, by the way. Then there's the aloneness that can follow if you don't know anybody who has lost a child. The people you do know may not have any understanding of what you're going through. So you feel alone. You feel misunderstood. You feel like this experience has happened to you and nobody else. So because of all these nuances and much, much more, I've just touched the surface on this topic. The loss of a child is a painful experience. If you've recently gone through this, I do have a few gentle suggestions to help you go on this grief journey. Again, like I say with everything else, take what I suggest that could be helpful for you and leave the rest. suggestion is feel all the feelings. Feel all the feelings. If you've been a faithful listener of this podcast, you'll know that I say this a lot. Feel each and every feeling, regardless of how painful it is. And you can do this in micro doses. You can dip in and out of those feelings if they get too intense, but please don't repress them. Having a feeling is a sign your body gives that it's trying to tell you something. So pay attention and then do something with that emotion. And if you don't feel anything, if you feel numb, then know that that's okay too. And you can actually lean into that. Sometimes the heart has to catch up to where the mind is at that moment. And that's okay. Just be with whatever comes up for you in that moment. Secondly, find a way to get those feelings and thoughts out. I've learned that whatever doesn't get expressed gets repressed and then reveals itself in ways you just don't want them to. Whenever these feelings bubble up, whatever they are, Find a way to express them, to get them out. Yell into a pillow if you have to. Go outside and scream. Journal. Take a long run or walk. Cry. Talk to someone. Do something to move that energy from that emotion through your body and then out. Next suggestion. Listen to your body. If there ever was a time to be more in tune with your body, this is it when you're grieving. All this feeling, thinking, and expressing is exhausting. So, so exhausting. Grief work is hard labor. We don't acknowledge that enough. It takes a lot of energy to reconcile the mind, body, and spirit to a point where the loss has been acknowledged, processed, and then integrated into your life. So pay attention to your body's cues as you do this hard work. Your body will tell you what it needs. If you're tired, go take a nap. If you're hungry, eat. If you're feeling like you need to cry, then cry. If you want to take a walk or draw or write or dance, whatever it is, do that. Listening to your body not only honors you, but also your grief. And the last suggestion is for a time when you feel ready to do this, and you might not feel ready right now, and that's okay. And that is create a way to remember your child. Yes, you will have memories, but there will come a time when they may not be as sharp or you may misremember something. Having a tangible touchstone to help you memorialize your child can go a long way in the healing process. And there are numerous ways to do this. Some of the ways I've gone about doing this for myself and for my clients are creating a memory box using keepsakes or photos or other special items of interest, making photo collages, writing poems, or maybe reading a passage from the child's favorite book. The ideas are limitless. Thank you for joining me for this episode. Next week, I start another mini series. Again, the topic will be children and grief. In part one, I'll address what grief looks like for a child. And then in part two, I'll share some suggestions on how to help a child grieve. So please don't miss these episodes. One way to make sure you don't miss them is to hit the follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're using. Until next time, keep going, just keep going. Grief is a process. Take care.